Hello, and welcome to How to Parent Your Highly Sensitive Child Like a Ninja. I'm your host, Megan Thompson, licensed clinical professional counselor and registered play therapist supervisor. We at MTC teach parents how to eliminate the daily meltdown and shutdown cycle for your sensitive children and teens. Highly sensitive children make up 15 to 20% of the population, according to research that has been gathered for over a century. And this podcast answers one question. How can you raise emotionally intelligent children, stop walking on eggshells, and help your child express their needs safely without punishments, yelling, or coddling. If you wanna know the answer, you're in the right place. Hello, hello, Megan Thompson here with Megan Thompson Coaching. I wanted to go live quickly. I just have a few minutes in between appointments to to speak about a concern that I've I've seen several families, many families talk about recently, which is obviously on everyone's mind in the school year related to beginning your child's educational year this year most of you are struggling with dealing with the online school system and and how your children if you are in public school or a hybrid situation at this point many of you are dealing with having to navigate the circumstances of an online teacher uh, online classrooms etc and one of the things that wanted to speak to today is understanding where you draw the line okay so where where do you help your child notice priorities and manage the emotional intensity that is going on in your home because obviously if you're following this page it's likely that your child is dealing with daily meltdowns intense emotions and outbursts on a regular basis right so multiple times a day or several times a week and as we know that's not developmentally appropriate for children so when we think about the challenges that your child is having in this in these at this point and you throw a online school system in in place uh, you're struggling right we, I mean we already know that so when we think about one of the challenges that we're hearing parents have at this point really it is not just in helping your child ensure that they're present for the school day and that they actually get out of bed and follow through on putting clothes on and show up for school on time, meltdowns aside, in the morning time, which is one of the things that you were dealing with before we had the online school, now it's a matter of getting them to the kitchen table or their designated study area and then helping them follow through on paying attention, um, you know, communicating with the teacher, their needs, and also staying on point with the lesson. So a lot of parents are coming to us wondering where to, what to prioritize and how to set effective limits regarding what your child is learning, how they're learning, as well as reach out for support and, and when, right? Because when we think about some of the, the things that we've heard many parents say over the last six plus months at this point with the pandemic is that the challenges that you're experiencing with your child's intense emotions didn't start with a pandemic they've just been heightened right they've just become much more prevalent we see a spotlight shining on your child's intense needs and a fair amount of what i like to call skill deficits Uh, your child is struggling to build certain skills in order to become emotionally independent physically independent and capable of following through on on what you expect of them at at whatever age that they are so obviously we we need to work on understanding what developmental what's developmentally appropriate for three four five six seven up ten eleven etc year year old child but 
if you have a clear understanding because you can observe your child's peers and see where your child is struggling comparatively and you're certain that your child doesn't um, have any have any developmental delays then it's pretty obvious to you even pandemic aside if your child is struggling with following through on what you might be thinking is pretty basic expectations sit at the table follow through on um, you know responding to the teacher stay focused stay off youtube etc um, and with minimal prompting we're seeing many parents be able to do that uh, with their children but when that's not possible when you don't have that ability for your child to help them walk through the intense emotion that they're experiencing and instead they're acting impulsively like you know going on their chromebook and watching youtube and, and not paying attention to the teacher or um, unmuting themselves at inappropriate times or just you know being busy and, and walking around the classroom it can be really sorry the your designated class area walking around the the kitchen uh, it can be really frustrating as a parent especially if you need to be working too right like if you're in the in, in your in in your home office or working side by side just to keep an eye on your child then this can be a recipe for disaster right so I wanted you to speak to think about three different things on today's conversation in order to focus on how to lead your child out of this pandemic and have it not just feel like this year is is a pause or a wash academically but also prevent your child from backsliding because when we think about the intensity that your child is experiencing if your child is experiencing daily meltdowns this is a traumatic experience for your child and so even if your child hasn't experienced anything other than a pandemic to that is leading to them having a, a response emotionally that f mimics a tra trauma response it's also true that if your child is having intense emotions on a daily basis to the point where they go to zero to 60 yelling kicking screaming and freaking out then your child's body is experiencing those emotions as traumatic so for those of you who are wondering, holding on, gripping the steering wheel or gripping your chair, waiting for the pandemic to end in order for your child's intense emotions to, to dissipate or decrease, I really caution you to think about how your child is experiencing the world right now um, as this per persists. Because if your child is struggling at this level, there are a few things that you might be overlooking while you're trying to survive. And what we know is that the, it is very possible for you to be thriving in, these, in this environment. And in fact, some highly sensitive children are in the sense that with their parents with the right structure, accountability and support, are able to really take ownership of molding their child's educational plan right now because there is more freedom if you have the skills to, to notice it that way and, and, and to navigate the school system right now because you can be teacher parent even if you're working from home full time. So when we think about the priorities that these parents are taking on and what I wanna inspire you to focus on for yourself is really understanding that this year for school has to prioritize, you have to be prioritizing your child's emotional health. Because if your child is not experiencing emotions in a safe way, anything that they are trying to learn is in one ear and out the other. Let's be honest here. When you're frustrated and you're yelling or you want to be yelling and maybe you're at work and you just had a rough morning or um, or what have you and you're in a heightened emotion peeved or 
uh, distracted or worried? Are you truly paying attention to what your boss is saying? Are you truly listening to your coworker? Are you truly listening to your spouse if they're telling you how their day went? No, you're getting bits and pieces and you're an adult, so you're probably much more practiced, much more skilled at multitasking. Even then, you're still asking whoever you're speaking to to repeat themselves. So take your highly sensitive child who's overwhelmed by the world, right? That's one of the reasons why they're having intense emotions because they don't know what to deal, what to do to deal with their own overwhelm. And then put them in a classroom, a virtual classroom where there's all sorts of kids talking or they're not allowed to converse just by nature of, of what's going on with the, how the teacher is, is doing the best they can running the show. And um, at times that's the word, like running the show, like they're performing because it's a hard job for the teachers these days, especially um, compounded beyond what it's already been very difficult for them to manage uh, for years. But right now your child is your focus, right? And so that's what we're speaking about for now. So noticing where the fact that your child is overwhelmed by their intense emotions and acknowledging that it is super important to understand that emotional intelligence trumps academic intelligence you can lose your words lose your thoughts lose your train of thought lose your capacity for skill building if you are not emotionally in control so when you're thinking about prioritizing your child's emotional health it has to go above and beyond their own academic health and their own academic success because you are preventing the very goals that you're hoping to reach if you're not prioritizing your child's emotional intelligence, their own ability to name their emotions, communicate them safely, and dissipate them safely. And that's a huge three-part system that is necessary for your child at however age, however old they are to be able to do that, whether that means reaching out to you and needing help from you to engage in decreasing their emotions or being able to do that independently. And children three and beyond can do that. Two and beyond can do that with, with support. So that's super, super important for you as a parent to understand what your child is capable of so that you can set the standards. Because if your child is not demonstrating that capability, then that is one of the very reasons why they're having meltdowns or avoiding the school environment. And so I really want you to look at this thought process differently. You know, earlier I mentioned impulsively going to YouTube, but it's super crucial that you're viewing this as work avoidance, because if you have a highly sensitive child, then they are avoiding the emotional intensity that they are experiencing in order to check out and this is the thing that we help our, our clients deal with because it's, it's something that many parents miss. And, and they look at it as willful or purposeful or impulsive and therefore your child's not thinking at all. But what you're not seeing is the emotions behind the surface, uh, below the surface, excuse me. And if your child cannot manage those intense emotions, whatever they're trying to learn is, is as I mentioned before, in one ear, out the other, but it's also lost information. So even if they can recite it back to you, even if they can cram it all in for a quiz or a test or whatever, it's not going to stick and sink because play is the child's language. And so if they are not in a happy, playful capacity in that moment, then they are not actually learning in the way that children learn. 
So they are just robotically repeating something to you and it's likely not going to stick. So that's super, super important. And then lastly, what I wanted to discuss is to not be afraid to advocate for your child when the teachers are not meeting your child's needs, especially at this current moment with the pandemic leaving many teachers lost in with with very little direction from their um I almost said overlords. That's not the right word, but sometimes it could feel like how many teachers want to throw me an emoji there. But um, <clears throat> I've worked in the school system too. But what um, what I meant to say was by their leadership. Now, there's a lot of chaos going on in the educational system right now. And it's also true that there's been a lot of chaos going on in the educational system in the U.S. for years. And Children are being unfortunately called out for not having everything that they need and not meeting the teacher's expectations. And sometimes those children have IEPs, they have special education plans or a 504 and the teacher is not aware of that. So I implore you if your child does have a, a plan, um, an individualized education plan, IEP or a 504 plan that you ask for a copy and send it to your teachers one by one. Um, there are several schools, especially locally, but also nationwide that in terms of the parents that I'm speaking to, where the online system just wasn't accessible off of the on-site servers for the teachers. And so the teachers who are working from home might not have access to your kid's IEP. So if you have an electronic copy, make sure that your kids, teachers have that copy in their inbox. Um, put it in a Dropbox so that they can access it if the file is too big to make it to the teacher's email system. Another concern, you know, working in the school systems, those email systems are set at a file size limit. And so it's really crucial that you um, use what's available to you in terms of your own internet storage capacity, your Google Drive, whatever, with your Gmail or Dropbox, so that the teacher has quick access to your child's Deter, you know, determined um, supports. And, and that's super important. Um, we know that many schools are behind on getting teachers the information that they need and uh, it, just to run the classroom. And then on top of that, behind on getting the teachers the information that they need to support the children who have a, an individualized education plan or 504. And uh, what that means, especially if your child had a 504 in the classroom, is that the teacher might, not, might be expecting your child to sit still when your child learns better when moving. And that is super crucial for you to be advocating for your child at this moment. Don't err on the on deference. Do not defer to the hope that the teacher knows everything about your child, especially for highly sensitive children. It is super important to notice that they tap into shame very quickly and very easily without the skills to, to manage that and forego going straight to shame. And so uh, when when we support parents in this respect, <clears throat> eliminating that shame rage cycle, a lot of parents are, are sharing with us that even just a, a, a typical conversation where a teacher is bringing up a concern they have with a student in front of the rest of the class is super shameful, super embarrassing for their highly sensitive child. And unfortunately, in an online setting, you can't pull a kid aside into the corner and be like, hey bud, let's talk about this thing. How can I best support you? Because 
they're online, right? And so unfortunately, there's a lot of circumstances that we're hearing where teachers are addressing this, the concern right away because they don't want to, right? We give the teachers the benefit of the doubt. They don't want to let that behavior issue or that concern slide, but they might not have all the information to support your student, your child, in a way that helps edu their education become most successful. So if there are, these are signs and symptoms of the challenges that your child is dealing with, in addition to the major meltdowns that you're dealing with at home, then we absolutely encourage you to book a call because we can support you in understanding what's going to help, how to break out of it, and then also know that especially in the middle of a pandemic, nobody knew, right, how long this was going to last and where the factors were um, were going to be in play again in the fall compared to last school year. So now that you're starting to notice those symptoms rise back up and to the forefront, it's important that you take action so that your child's school year does not continue to slide downhill. Unfortunately, what we're noticing is that and you can book a call and here's the link and to to take care of that we could support you in that respect but what we're noticing is that children who've been in school you know because we work across the nation um, and even oh, internationally children have been in school for a lot longer than the last couple of weeks right um, in the south they start school mid-august uh, children who have been in school for um, you know, for, for all summer, you know, some of the people and some of the parents that we work with in Australia are, are working, um, their kids have been going to school all, all year at this point. And so there are various different dynamics that we're noticing that are not, what's the word? They are not in line with the typical first week of school toughness. Uh, so I don't. I encourage you not to to jump to conclusions that this is going to level itself out. So again, go ahead to meganthompsoncoaching.com/talk. We would happy to support you in understanding where your child is, where you want to take them. But in addition to both being addressing the intense emotions as well as academically, and if we can support you and we feel like it's necessary to support you at this point, we'll tell you. What that looks like and that it's that it's relevant for your family or will point you in the right direction in terms of what you need to be prioritizing right now and uh, we have to do that in a phone call so we'll talk to you soon and, and have a great day bye thanks for joining me for this episode of how to parent your highly sensitive child like a ninja we release a brand new episode every week so be sure to click subscribe. If you're ready to join a community of parents focused on eliminating the daily meltdown cycle and want more support, be sure to join our free Facebook group, Parent Your Highly Sensitive Child Like a Ninja, where we provide free video trainings to parents just like you. You can find that in the search bar of Facebook, or you can go to facebook.com backslash groups backslash parenting highly sensitive child. Thank you and have a wonderful day.